As parents, we want our children to do as well as they can. And I've never met a student who actually wants to underachieve. So why can it be such a struggle to get them to study at home? Hello, and welcome to the Study Sessions podcast. I'm Nathan, the founder of The Study Buddy and your host. In this series, I talk to a range of experts, parents and students about how we can get the most out of studying at home. From nutrition to sleep and from stress to mental health, we'll be exploring how best to support our young people. There'll be a new episode out every Friday morning, so subscribe and review and don't be afraid to share with others who might benefit from hearing about what our experts are saying. Today, I'm talking to Jonathan Peach. Jonathan has worked in a variety of senior roles over the last 30 years. Now, Jonathan's applying the lessons he's learned by working with the big-name brands, schools and even future sporting stars to help them achieve their goals and fulfil their potential. Welcome, Jonathan, and thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Before we start, I wonder if I could just take you back to your school days and tell us what was school like for you and what was your favourite subject? Wow, uh, that is quite a long time ago now. But uh, school, what was school like for me? I found it quite hard, actually. I never really excelled at anything. Uh, I think my school reports always said, I think my parents always came back and said, uh, again, could do better. There were certain subjects that I really, really enjoyed, PE being one of them. Uh, I've got a real love of sport and anything sporty. I think it would drive my wife nuts by watching Sky Sports. Maths was another one that actually, it was a weird one. I think I had a head for numbers. So I found maths up until A-level quite not easy, but I quite enjoyed it. And I think they were, they were the two that certainly stood out. But I found it quite hard because traditional learning, I think what I now know about myself, I never responded to that very well. I think I think certainly in pictures a lot, which meant it was quite difficult. And final exams, I was so nervous and drove myself nuts around actually, oh my God, this is kind of what happens if I get it all wrong. That's I've put myself under so much pressure at school that actually, I don't know, I think if I could go back now, knowing what I do know now, I think I'd probably try it a bit differently. And I think that's the same for many of us. Certainly I'd be, um, I'd be there in that camp with you. Thinking about those last exams and the way that you're a non-traditional learner, we're in a strange situation now, aren't we, where actually the entire nation is non-traditionally learning with remote technologies and, and what have you. Yeah. And motivation can be, a, can be tricky at the best of times, but, but right now it's got to be really, really tough for these kids and for parents as well, I think, to, to get themselves going. With that climate, as parents, should we, should we just simply be cracking the whip and making our children sort of stick to the, the rigid structure of a school day? I don't, I don't think so. I, just, I think it all depends on what the, what your child's like. I think um, I think if you if you think right, okay, we've got to traditionally get up. If if that's not how your your child best responds to learning, or kind of get you get the best out of them, then I think you've got. I think we've got the opportunity to think quite differently now about how we kind of take them through this unprecedented period about actually how long they're going to do it. You've got a great opportunity to kind of go, right, okay, what I know about my kids and what my kids know about the best way they learn, how can we now bring that into their kind of school life, which is now they're doing it from home? If your child, yes, needs structure and needs that, right, I need to sit down and stuff like that, that's how they get the best out of themselves. That's what they need. Then sitting them down doing that might work. But I think we have an opportunity to go, right, okay, what do I know about my child? What do, what do they work best? How do they work best? What, what, what kind of environment are they in? Are they in the kitchen? Are they in their 
bedroom? Where is it that they're going to learn best? And I think we've got an opportunity to put that into play for them so that we can get the best out of them. I think I think motivation, I always look at motivation when I work with, with those future sports stars you were talking about is there's two types of motivation, extrinsic and intrinsic. And what we want to do is find that stuff that really gets them going, which is intrinsic, which is they do it for the fun of it. They do it because they want to rather than they have to. And they have to because they're pleasing you and that's what they want them. That's what you want them to do. We can throw that up and have a go at kind of working out the best way that your child is going to learn does that make sense absolutely and i think it sounds almost too good to be true i think as as a parent whose approach to parenting was try to tell them what it is that they need to do to save them from themselves or more sledgehammer like if that didn't work i'd probably resort to shouting how can i get the best out of my child what, what are the kinds of approaches that we might take then to to working with our children that aren't parenting first thing i would say is give yourself a break give yourself don't give yourself such a hard time because actually this is not what we're trained to do but we have an opportunity to do something so i'm sure there's plenty of parents out there who are giving themselves a hard time about oh my god now i'm a teacher and stuff like that well now you're not but actually you've got the opportunity to help your children learn and get them to talk to you i kind of think I can guarantee you in every household around the country at the moment, there's a massive to-do list and it includes the schoolwork for the kids. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. And I think for me, if I, if, if I was in that situation, or I'm in that situation with, uh, remotely with my 14-year-old, he's like, what does she need from me? I always talk a lot about a to-be list rather than a to-do list. It's like, how do you need me to be as uh, somebody who's going to support you in the school where you're going to be? Do you need me to be cracking the whip, making sure you sat down for kind of the hour or two, the lesson the, the lesson time would be? Or do you need me to give you a bit of freedom to be able to go, OK, well, at the end of the day, I will have all this done. You need to be there for support and just make sure I'm OK, but actually just leave me to it. I think that's what they would need from me, how I would need to be to enable them to get to get the best out of them. And I think it's a great question to ask your kids, what do you need? Do you, do you need me to sit down with you uh, and look over you and kind of crack the whip, if you like? Or do you just, just need me to trust you and let you get on with it? For me, as a parent, when kind of before I started getting into this stuff, how I was behaving, which is the more traditional event, how my parents would, how my parents dealt with me, and it's just like in the last probably, I don't know, six years plus that I've been getting into this, tried a completely different tact that sometimes winds, winds my kids up because actually, oh God, you're just going to coach me, aren't you? And it's just like, yeah, there's sometimes you kind of, you might need to give them a little bit of one, making a suggestion rather than actually going, right, this is how to do this. Can I, asking them, can I give you a suggestion? And if they say, yeah, great. If they say no, then okay. So, and if they say no, I go, okay, so what would be you? A great question to ask is what would be useful for you now? What would be a, what, and it, so they, you turn it really onto them so that actually you're not telling them what to do, but you're kind of exploring and challenging them so that actually they can kind of work it out for themselves. So would it be, would it be useful if I made a suggestion? And they go, yeah okay, well, my suggestion is you could do it like this or you could have a look at this or you could do this. Different, given more than two options would always be a, a, a view I've learned because then they've got more choice. Uh, and also then kind of if they say no, okay, then then go, okay, well, what are you going to do then? It's just kind of go, so what would be useful for you to do now? And just kind of really turn it on, turn it to them. And I've learned they respond pretty well on most things. My eldest daughter when she chose where she was going to do her A-levels. That was her choice. But I, my only question was, 
what do you need to do? What do you need around you to be able to, for you to perform at your best? And she made the decision rather than going to college to do A-level, she stayed at school because that environment gave her the support that she felt she needed to perform at her best. And looking at predicted grades and looking at uh, mock exam results, she's done incredibly well, far better than I, I, I could have dreamed of, but also expected based on what I saw in the, in the GCSE results. So she's really come alive with this, with this opportunity to kind of find it for herself. Is there a danger that for some parents out there, if you ask your child, should I just, should I just leave you to it? And they say yes, that they might not. How do you reconcile on the one hand, wanting to give them the freedom to, to do the kinds of things that make sense to them, but at the other hand, not letting them run amok with that freedom and actually sort of take a liberty, really. I mean, this is, this is a, a great time to not do it if you don't want to. Yeah, but I think, I think for me, it's if you set some goals or set some criteria around, actually, we've got to do this. This is stuff we're going to have to do. We're either going to have to uh, give it into the, to the teachers or we're going to have to do something. If you set the ground rules about the goal of the day or the week about what you're going to achieve in that day, but and then I'm going to leave you to it, then you then you starting to create some habits around or some criteria around it. If you are doing it, great, then I'll give you that freedom. If you're not doing it, and you're kind of um, kind of not getting down down to it, then okay, I might need to interject and kind of we might need to try a different tactic. But I think that goes down to rather than leaving them for a whole week, I would be I would be probably setting setting down going okay. So what are you what are we going to what are you going to achieve today? What is the goal for today? I'll leave you to it. I'll check in with you maybe two or three times to make sure you're okay, whether you need any support. But then you're chunking it down into bite-sized bits that actually they can we can keep them on track without having to um, be with them all the time. Are these what you might call classic coaching techniques then, that you're looking at how you can bring the best out of someone with a sports star. We might, we might know coaching better for sports and athletes and things like that. And that's the kind of thing, I guess, that you're advocating we could try as parents. Yeah, I mean, the um, there's a class, there's loads of coaching techniques out there, but the classic one that a lot of most people might have heard of, whether in their working life or not, is the GROW model, which is actually, so what's the goal? The G. So the reality is, the R is reality, which is where are we now? So, okay, and then the options are, so actually there's loads of options now about how you how you take that learning in, whether it's through your textbooks, through kind of using, using the internet to its best usage. So there's loads of options about what you're going to use, but then actually by the end of the day, this is where we're going to get to kind of so timely, kind of um, the way we're going to do it or what, and getting the kind of giving them the option to do it. I think the two bits of that kind of the goal for the day, G, and the R for reality is kind of, um, right, we need to see a shift from where we are towards where the goal is within within a short space of time, within a day, within the, kind of you can set a weekly goal and then you can kind of t- chunk it down into days so that we're starting to move forward to something and we can recognise the stuff that they are doing. I think the danger is potentially you give them a hard time because you're not seeing progress but we are moving slightly towards that goal um and rather than saying they're doing it doing it wrong or they're doing it different to you because the classic thing is they are not us and they don't learn in the same way as we do and certainly from in my my memory was i was told right sit in, sit at your desk in your bedroom read all your textbooks and make some notes well, that's not how I learn. And I kind of think for me, if I was bought into the goal of where we're trying to get to for the day or the week, and actually I had some options, 
around how I did that, whether that was for me, I, I now use mind maps quite a lot because actually I'm quite a visual person and color and stuff like that. I would have taken that information in better and actually probably made greater progress because I was doing the way that made more sense to me. And I think the O of the options uh, bit is you can absolutely look at different ways of doing it and, and the, the kids will tell you the best way they learn and, and leave them to it. But, but make sure they're making progress and moving towards that goal. So I love that idea of um, getting them to buy into a goal, whether that's uh, daily or weekly. And I think what really strikes is that that positivity that comes with we're in this together. Um, let's work it through. How important is the, the the positivity of language in encouraging and motivating our children? I think I think language is something so important around actually uh, the language you use being more positively intended. As in, it's not, this is right, this is wrong. Because actually, as soon as they hear uh, it's right or whatever, there's an, there's an alternative. And I think if you start looking at kind of, and I see, I see it in schools at the moment, is, is like what they're picking up around keeping their self-esteem intact, knowing they're doing a good job. If they know that they're doing a good job and they're making progress, I think they're far more motivated to kind of keep going. The language I would like to say, like people to, to to practice with, because actually this doesn't come naturally because we, the language we use and how we were taught and what our parents use is so ingrained in what we do. We're going to have to practice this to to get it. And we will make mistakes, but I think for me is I always say what I'm really liking, I'm seeing from you is this. And it would be even better if we could do this or if we could just make a couple of changes or make do something a little bit differently, then they're not being told it's right or wrong, but they're told in there's, there's different options for what they can do differently. And I know how the brain operates now because uh, the stuff I do is the significance of the word don't. And how many times have we used it in our parenting? And I certainly recognize it. But your brain can't process that word don't. It's, it doesn't process a negative word. It just deletes it. So it becomes very interesting how the brain operates. And I think to get the best out of people is we want to catch them doing stuff right, doing stuff right or doing stuff well. And I think for me, if you can do that, to recognize, get your children to recognize they're doing something brilliantly or they're doing something well and they're moving forward. And if they try something a little bit differently, we can move on. It's not negative. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. And the thing is to take a different approach. Try to think of this differently. And then they, they, it opens their brains up and opens themselves up to um, being able to progress and being able to kind of get that motivation to move forward a little bit quicker, I think. There's a key there in, in getting them to recognise it in themselves as well, as, you, as you've just said. So rather than us explaining in our all-knowing, all-seeing way, ah, I see what you've done there and this is the position or this is where you're going to end up. How do we go about asking better questions to encourage our children to come to these conclusions for themselves? The classic one for me, and I think it works really well, is get them to review their work. So there's a really nice technique that uh, is used in coaching and I'm seeing it being used in schools. It's a quick feedback mechanism for you to ask your children rather than you you determine what the progress is. So the the, the uh, acronym is www.ebi. And what you get them to do is you ask the question, so www is what went well. So ask them what, what's gone well for you in this study session or this piece of work. They'll then tell you. And then the EBI bit is even better if. What would be even better? How would we you make it even better than the piece of work you've already done? And they'll come and they'll tell you. 
So therefore, next time they try a piece of work, that's already in their brain about actually what would be even better. And it's so much more positively intended because actually you're, you're, you're checking in with them about what their feelings going well. And they're checking in what they feel would be even better. What could they do even better next time? And then take that forward to the next piece of work and then the next piece of work and get them to do the feedback. You might get, you might get some, um, oh, nothing. Nothing's gone well. But actually just encourage them to find the stuff. Get, but, but encourage them to find it rather than you tell them because then they are recognizing that they're doing some great work and not just listening to you. As a parent, because actually they, they're preconceived, well, you would always say that because you're my mom or my dad, get them to do it. And that www.ebi is a great little feedback mechanism where you can use it on any piece of work and they'll give you that feedback. And I'm, I'm presuming that the importance of even better is that it's not about being perfect. This is about moving on in a small way or in something incremental. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, perfectionism, I, I kind of, I ask lots of people in the work that I do, do you consider yourselves a perfectionist? And lots of people say yes. And I said, has it ever held you back in doing stuff? And And again, the majority of the answers is yes, because actually if you've got that view on what perfect looks like, then unless you feel you can do that, then the safest thing for you to do is not to do it at all, not even try. And I think I don't think perfection exists. I think we can we can practice and practice and practice and get better at stuff because you'll always be able to get do better. You'd always find something you do better at it. So it's never going to be perfect. So I would kind of let's scratch this idea of perfectionism. I always say I'm I'm not a perfectionist. I'm a brilliantist because I think that perfectionism is is sometimes stops people from doing quite a lot because they have a view on what it should look like and if they don't feel they can do it. The brain stock position is safety. So therefore, the safest thing to do is not even try. And I think just give it a go. Give it a go. Let's see what we can learn and we'll move forward. And we can always, so progress, not perfection, because we're always moving forward. We're always moving forward. And we're always kind of progressing. And if we've got that kind of mentality and the way we ask questions, the even better bit, I think you can start exploring and getting them to kind of really stretch themselves to see what they're capable of. Because I think I, I have a real view that we're all incredible people capable of incredible things but it is the one thing that does get in our way is ourselves and this is an ideal opportunity isn't it as well for as because we're in this together as, as we mentioned before as parents in a position where we're pseudo teachers or um or quasi classroom assistants actually for many of us this is uncharted territory too and so we shouldn't be afraid surely then to to just explain that to our kids and say look i don't really know what i'm doing either we're gonna we're gonna puzzle that through do you think that could be perceived as a sign of weakness or is that the kind of um, behavior that we should be modeling i would say it's behavior we should be modeling because actually we don't know everything we don't know everything about anything it's in our working life we're actually now in the position that we're in but we're going to explore it together i think that kind of togetherness and actually we'll explore together we'll learn together and we'll get stuff wrong. We'll get stuff wrong. And actually, this is, we're in week two of um, lockdown. And actually, we'll have made some mistakes. We'll have got some stuff wrong. We'll be already adapting and changing and challenging ourselves about actually how do we make it even better or how do we change it so that the kids feel more engaged in it. And that's, that is a great model for actually how life is going to be because we're not going to get stuff right first time all the time. That's not how it works. We've got to get stuff wrong. We've got to get this wrong. We've got to learn some stuff. But if we ask that question at the end of the day, so what did we learn today? What did you learn about yourself today? 
then actually we start kind of ingraining into their into their subconscious actually they're starting to learn and starting to stretch themselves and learn that actually they're doing some great stuff there's growth mindset stuff around actually the process that we're going through i think is so important and and that's got a uh, carol dweck talks about it and it's i think it's so important that she talks about the power of the word yet and your listeners probably might have heard about this before but actually it's like when you hear your kids going i can't do this just put a yet on the end of it it completely changes how you feel about it. This won't work yet. I can't do this yet. We're just going to we're going to work through it until we start getting to understand it. And whether that's through your own experiences or through the textbooks they've got at school or whether there's something on the internet or kind of BBC bite size, there's loads of things out there that we can start exploring it in a different way so we start making that progress. And I think we, through the, however long we've got in this in this period, we're gonna we're gonna make. I think we can make loads of progress. And actually, if we're taking a different approach to it, that actually will feed them in good stead when they go back into traditional schooling environment. Because actually, they will have understood. I think I think we have they have a great opportunity to realise that they are they they're more than capable. They're pushing themselves more than capable of exploring this stuff. When actually they they're probably going oh I can't I can't do it or I'm not going to put my hand up because I don't want to get laughed at or stuff we're not going to we haven't got any of that at the moment we've got the opportunity to explore and kind of stretch ourselves and as parents we've got a great opportunity to just help them do that and maybe learn some stuff about ourselves along the way because actually we don't know this stuff we've not we've not been in a traditional school environment for years but actually. We know we know how to get. I'd love kids to get curious about subjects so that actually they do go and explore it, and that to me shows that they're motivated to do it because actually they want to learn a little bit more. They want to learn a little bit more. They want to get even better, and actually they recognise what they're doing well. And I think that's really important that they recognise they're doing a good job. We recognise we're making progress, and get them to kind of tell you what what they feel they would make it even better for them. It's a real opportunity as well then to look back on how we're doing it. So as a parent looking after a 14-year-old who's um, who's doing her education at, um, with the guidance of online resources and the, the school have been amazing, but still there are things around the structure. So I can reflect back on her about this. I actually thought this went well, my, my WWW, but actually next week it'd be even better if I did this and, and get her to give feedback on the process as well as her own individual learning. Yeah, no, I think that's great because actually it just shows that actually you're open for it. Therefore, we can all learn. We can all make progress toward actually actually supporting them even better. And that's and that's what you want to do as a parent. So desperate to support them and look after them and make sure they're safe and do the best they can. We're going to learn a load about actually maybe how do we support the kids? And that's that great question for your 14 year old would be. So how do you need me to be to enable you to perform at your best? And that's that's and you'll make some mistakes along the way. Uh, you might need to change it along the way and be, and i think that's a great learning for life because actually whenever you do do anything it doesn't go to plan all the time we've got to move we've got to change we've got to be adaptable to be able to kind of get the best out of things and i think if you're all doing that both as kind of home tutors parents and students then i think with a great opportunity to really stretch to really show what we're capable of and this absolutely isn't about us spending every moment of a typical school day with them these are the kinds of things where we're leaving them to themselves to to let them find their own path as appropriate given that some of the younger years might want more um, arts and craft support than um, my 14 year old for example 
Yeah, and also, yeah, what kind of what kind of things really set them alight? And can you look at doing, uh, I suppose, more traditional subjects in a different way, but means more gets them really tuned into it because actually you're uh, accessing what you know about them as a parent and actually what what really gives them that intrinsic motivation we talked about, what really gives them that sense of fun that actually they're learning through a different way of doing that subject. Any age is like, what are we trying to get? How do you know you've had a good day today? Great. Well, let's move Let's move forward on that. And we'll learn, won't we? And we'll go, okay, that wasn't very good. Right. So what do we need to do even better tomorrow to kind of move ourselves forward? Great. It's only from my own experience. I remember that from from Jake when he was doing his GCSEs and was struggling to find a way in which we could make him make it easier for him to learn that actually when we gave him more freedom to take responsibility that actually he stood up to the plate took it on not immediately it wasn't a, a transformation overnight that all of a sudden he became this uber studious person but I think as he began to accept that he had more accountability for the things that he should have been doing so he did them and to a greater or lesser extent, unwittingly, definitely, we'd held him back from from fulfilling sort of the, the full range of his potential because we wanted to prevent him from making mistakes. They're incredible. They're incredible individuals, kind of going through a different world to we grew up in, but actually giving them that freedom and them them kind of grasping the opportunity. I think under getting them to understand the opportunity, because actually, if they don't do it then we're going to have to take a different tact or something try a different way of doing it maybe say, and then go okay so you've got the responsibility or you've got the opportunity to show me that actually you can get on on with it and do it and and I think they could find much more fulfillment from that rather than going okay but there's an opportunity that if they don't do it it's a case of right we're going to have to take we're going to have to try a different tact we're going to have to try a different way maybe more a traditional way that we were we were used to that penny might drop and it might take a few weeks don't expect it to happen straight away but give them some space give them that support and actually they will come to it thanks so much to jonathan it's so refreshing to hear a positive outlook on the situation that we're in at the moment and i'm also determined now to maintain a positive outlook and positive language and i'll be doing my very best to find out what kinds of a parent and coach she needs me to be. And of course, as always, thank you for listening to the Study Sessions podcast. We want to make sure that everyone who could benefit from listening to the podcast does hear it. So please subscribe and review. And if you're inclined to leave a review, that would be amazing. And don't forget to let all your friends know. We'll speak to you next week for another episode of the Study Sessions podcast.